Hello everyone and welcome back to the Three Guys Talk Football podcast back by insanely popular demand. <laughs> people have been in my DMs saying, why don't you three unqualified white men spout your opinions in poor quality mics for us all to enjoy? Um, there's not enough of that in the world, especially in the world of football. You know what? And we are here once a month, I'd say. That's the objective. Yeah. When we're not going to over the top. We're going to be smart about this. Regular, but not too regular. Um, and it's a good excuse to just sit around and have a bit of a chat about football, but with a twist. That's right. Cue the cue the dramatic music, Chris. Dum, 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 dum. In your goblin voice, the trademarked goblin voice. Uh, we are going to centre it around our incredibly tense, fancy Premier League league. So basically use it as a guide, a jumping off point, if you will, to talk about other football related shenanigans. Um, and I think that you know, that brings us to a nice place to start with. What are your teams? And, and we'll start with the winner of our league last year, Mr. Nathan Warby. Um, you're one to 11, please, starting from the back, heading through to the front with your attack. So say back to front. Back to front, please, from one to 11. Starting with the goalkeeper, ending with your striker brackets. This is close brackets. So the defending champions are Bending goal from Chelsea. Uh, two subs that probably won't get a lot of a lot of minutes. Not gonna lie. Uh, Panzo from Forest, who's already got a big big fat red exclamation mark next to his name that I've only just noticed. So that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, he was he was he was four mil, so you know why he's there. Same for uh, Brandon Williams from United, because I think he might get a few, you know, a few little cameos here or there. Then the actual starters are Perisic from Spurs, uh, Ben White from Arsenal, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Then midfield are Skip and Kulisewski from Spurs, Mares, Jesse Lingard, Mo Salah. Then strikers are Undav from Brighton, Gabriel Jesus and Erling Haaland. There's quite a few, uh, quite a few wild cards in there. We'll we'll get to the general discussion later, Chris. Why don't you give us your eleven first? Okay. So mine is starting starting with starting goalkeeper Emmy Martinez. Um, then a person I've never heard of called Dennis. Don't even know who he is. Um, in defence, we've got Kieran Trippier, João Cancelo, Lamptey, then Mark Gahey and Jaffet Tanganga. Because the other two were relatively cheap, but like they might actually start. So that's the logic with that. Midfield is Kulisevsky, Salah, obviously. Son, Odegaard, and then Leon Bailey. And then up top, we've got Gabriel Jesus, obviously. Uh, I've gone for New, um, Liverpool one, Darwin, and then Archer as well. So no Haaland for me. Big early no Haaland shout. Yeah, I'm also on early no Holland shout, but that would be spoilers for later. Start from the back, I've gone with Eddie Mendy as well, um, with a back four of Reese, James, Trippier, Perisic and Dinu. Ramsey, Salah, Sterling and Lingard in the middle, with Kane and Jesus up top, making it a Jesus trifecta. Uh, with Kelleher as my backup goalkeeper, Eriksen, Archer and Lamptey as my backup outfield players. And I think, yeah, that... Up front is obviously the place to go to start with. Mm, um, yeah, I noticed awesome. no Harry Kane amongst you lads. Is that the August curse coming in? It, 
Yeah. It man is for me. Man can't score in August. We all know this. Every year. Every year. <laughs> it's got the nicest run of fixtures, but I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> plus, avoid that. plus, was he was he 13 mil? I think. No, one, 11, and, 11 and a half, same as Alb. 11 and a half, all right. Fair enough, fair enough. But uh, like, yeah, I just uh, I don't back him early on. He's more of a he's more of a sort of October to October to May player for me. See, this is interesting because I just think Conte Spurs second season, first full season, most importantly, it's going to be a different beast, and Harry Kane's going to be at the top. Plus, we we're starting in the sixth of August. Like, you know, if a guy goes a record number of August games without a goal. Then I'll probably just delete fancy Premier League and just call it a day straight away. Um, but now I back Spurs to be the dark horse of the title this season. Yeah, it is on record. I'm not saying they're going to win it, but I do think they've got a better chance than Chelsea, which of course makes me sad. Um, and then kind of going through to other players, obviously you've got to have Mo Salah in there. I think it's one of those. Sometimes you take a risk not having him in, and then he instantly regrets which- it. Which me and you both did last year, and both regretted within a week. Um, th- that's why I've that's why I've not gone balls to the wall on the strikers, and I've instead gone twenty five mil straight on Son and Salah, because they are the two most consistent performers. Right, like we can all agree that every year they're always going to back up. Mane was the other one, but obviously he's not here anymore. He's not dead. He's moved, he moved to Bayern Munich. He's dead to us. Yeah, he's as good as dead to the Premier League. <laughs> Um, and then in defence, one thing to note, Perisic in there. Is it in there Perisic. for all of us? Shout. He's not in there for me. He's not in there for me. I couldn't afford him. I love that because you basically get a winger as you defend. <laughs> it's an absolute dream. All those bonus points. Exactly. That, um, that, that, that Conte like 3-5 at the back is going to pay on that, I think. Yeah, he's just the most Conte player of all time, really. And yeah, the fact we didn't get him when, he, when Conte was at Chelsea is... Still heartbreaking. The amount of times we've been linked with him, and then Spurs just out of nowhere were like, "Yeah, we'll, we'll have him on a free. Why not?" Um, free on a free. Mad. It's so, so free. it's such a good deal. But yeah, it's a great bit of business though. And um, we'll get onto the best bit of business, the signing of the window later on. Just a little teaser to keep the listeners interested to the end. But um, yeah, we touched upon different players that we think are going to perform. Obviously, Son and Salah are up there. And we're going to yeah. go through our, our three star performers, the three players in our team that we think are going to bring home the most points. And uh, again, reigning champion, the all-knowing Nathan Warby. What's your choice for this? Uh, well, you, you've got to start with Salah. Like he's, yeah. he, he's guaranteed to get your points, even if like he had a bit of a dry spell towards the end of the season last season. But I think he's going to. I think he'll start the season well again. Plus, like I think one thing that's underrated about him is that. He, uh, he pops up with quite a few assists as well. So I think, mm. yeah, I think he's just, like you said, he, if you don't put him in, you'll pay the price straight away. So, yeah, so Salah number one. Second, I'm going to say Haaland, because even though I'm a Liverpool fan and we signed Nunes, I just think, I just can't see a world where Haaland doesn't bag in the Premier League, um, especially with the amount of chances that City create. Like, the only, the, the only issue is if he gets injured. That's, that's what like slight issue with him. But that's I what I was gonna say. Man gets get injured so much. He does, he does. But it's why it's why I've you know put him in early and then kept a cushy little one mil there just in case I have to replace him. Um, and then third, I'll probably say I'm gonna say Trent because again I think with how 
was how tight our defence is now and how attacking he is. I think he's going to mop up lots of points for like sort of clean sheets. But with the amount of assists that he gets as well, he's, he's, he's always a liability for um, bonus points every week as well. Like if he gets an assist, he'll probably get a bonus as well. So Interesting. Now on to you, last year's runners-up, Chris King. So similar, obviously with Salah, we won't we won't drag over that with 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 that because it's just true, isn't it? Son, I've gone for over Kane because I don't think Kane's actually going to score as many. I know obviously he is technically a striker, but like the the older he gets, the more his legs seem to be going. And the logic of definitely of last season was Kulisevsky and Son both overlapping, and then Kane does the pass, right? So that's why I've gone for both Kulisevsky and Son just to be like, yeah, why not? Let's just get. If I can't have the Harry Kane points, I'll get the the people who benefit from the Harry Kane points. That's the logic with that. And then I think third's got to be Cancelo, right? Like 201 points or something stupid last year. Carl Walker can't carry on existing forever. Um, even if they get Cucurella, like that just means Cancelo will shift to the right. He's it, guaranteed pretty much a game most time, most of the time. They haven't really got that much fullback cover. It's not like... I mean, to be fair, none of the top three really have that much fullback cover, right? Like, we saw that with Chelsea last year. James and Chilwell got injured, and it was just like, okay, we're down to Marcus and Caesar Aspilicueta last year. Am I right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's what, yeah, that's why I've gone for Cancelo, because he bagged absolute baller points, and he was 5, 0.5 of a mil less than Trent, which meant I got to keep some. So. Now, I, the. Last place, George White. I'm kind of doing this as a uh, as a way to introduce us a third of the way into the podcast because I forgot to do it at the start. Um, I'm going to go wild card. Yeah, Salah. I left out. It's a deliberate choice, and I'll tell you for why. I think he's still going to have a top season, but you're looking at him in pretty much an entirely new front three. Now, I think the importance of Mane hasn't really been discussed that much because obviously Luis Diaz came in and did so well and they've brought in Darwin Nunez and with Klopp you just expect Liverpool to do well regardless but Mane and Salah they would just they click so well and it's going to be interesting to see how they do how Salah does without Mane sometimes they got in each other's way to be fair so Salah might even take a step to the next level without Mane getting, getting Mardi at him every time he doesn't pass but at the same time, I think the movement of one always helped the other. So it's going to be interesting to see if Luis Diaz can offer that sort of um, that sort of play. And if Darwin Nunez can kind of use his, his strength and athleticism to bring Salah into the game. I still expect him to do really well, but I've left him out just for a bit of controversy. Um, and a little bit more controversy, especially to trigger Nathan here. Uh, I'm going to put Raheem Sterling in. I'm backing him till the end. I know you don't rate him too highly, Nathan, but for me, he's like a the ultimate Thomas Tuchel player. Like, he's just, he's going to press, he's going to run in behind, he's got pace, and his goal stats are deceptively good. Like, yes, he misses sitters that go viral on Twitter, but overall, you know, he's been a double-figures guy for as long as I can remember, so. Yeah, I, I think this is like... Backing him against the haters. <laughs> I, th- I think this is like a make-or-break season for him in a weird sort of way, because, like, the old, like, the old stigma isn't it? It's like it's really easy to play Man City's attack because they make so many chances. So it doesn't matter if he's going to miss four chances a game because he's going to get the fifth one every time. So I think, like I personally don't rate him that highly, based on the fact that he was at City. But I'd, like if he plays like if he plays like he does for, like he does for England, 
then he's got every chance to do well for you, I think. Yeah, and I think just the fact that he was willing to leave what was a pretty much guaranteed incredible attack to become the main man somewhere else. I just think he's mm. he's in his prime, he's 27. He's got that mentality that he wants to take this step up. So hopefully he can do it. Um, yeah, that, that's a good point, actually, about it being the main man. Like, he's probably going to... That might make him kick on, you know, like... Because I, I think at City sometimes he got... Because he's on the bench, so what, like, probably more than a lot of the other attackers that they had. I think sometimes he kind of, like, went inside himself a little bit, whereas I think he's going to... Yeah, he'll definitely be, well, arguably your best player in terms of just pure, like, reputation, so... And it'd be nice for you to get some a player with, like, double figures for once. Yeah. I was hoping. His <laughs> miracles can happen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those, if Mount and Sterling both perform to the level that they should, then we'll be fine. But, yeah, if they don't, and we don't have an out-and-out striker, yes, yeah, it's, it's difficult to see where the goals are coming from. Depends how Havertz does as well, I think, to an extent. Yeah. I think he's, he could do really well. I think he'll actually do better if we don't sign another striker. I think he likes being the main guy that you saw it in the Champions League run. We were relying on him and he stepped up. So, yeah, be interesting to see how it goes. Um, speaking of out-and-out strikers, Harry Kane is in my star performers list. As I mentioned before, just going to think, you know, you look at Conte in that title winning season with Chelsea, how he just turned Diego Costa into an animal. I think he could do similar with Harry Kane if he... Like you say, I know he's using the link-up play that Kane offers, but I just think Spurs in general are going to be on a different level. And as a result, I think Kane's going to have a strong season. Uh, again, like Haaland, it's the injuries thing. But last season, it, it felt like he did pretty well in terms of injuries. He just wasn't. He just didn't care for the first half of the season until Conte came in. <laughs> so yeah. that's why he's got... Yeah. I mean, that whole, that whole Spurs team were just shocking under Nuno, weren't they, really? Like... When you look at look at the players and you were just like, what is actually happening? It's just baffling. It was it was just baffling. I think you are right. I think Kane is going to go on to do really really well, and I think he is probably going to break the August curse and just score because like that team under Conte looks ridiculous. Um, but I don't know. Eleven point five million. When I I, I I couldn't I couldn't miss out on Sam. Couldn't miss out on Sam. Yeah, that's my biggest risk in this whole team is is putting Sterling in and using the extra money to bring in Son. Uh, Kane, sorry. We shall see if it works out. But the other guy that I back, not that it matters because we all have him anyway, is Gabriel Jesus. I just think he just fits that Arsenal lineup so well. And again, we talk about someone wanting to leave to be the main man and that kind of step up. That's exactly what he's doing. He's, thought he's, he's not going to play second fiddle to Haaland. He's not going to play on the right wing. He wants to be down the middle as a number nine. And I think he's just going to fit in really well with that fluid system that Arsenal have. Um, yeah, he's already embarrassed Edouard Mendy in pre-season. And I, I just think he's got that mentality to really kick on. I think I'm pretty sure it's like 8 mil, something like that, on uh, yeah, yeah, it was a lot, yeah. It's an absolute steal, yeah. I think I think pretty much half of players have Jesus in their team. You can definitely see why. Um, but like I say, if he does well or not, doesn't really matter because we're just going to cancel each other out in that department. But this brings us nicely on to the departments where... We might have, you know, a little bit of difference. This could be the ones that that basically push others ahead of each other. And this is our kind of wild card, our pick that we think, you know, might have been a bargain that could prove to be um, a standout performer. That's maybe a bit of a surprise. We'll mix it up, Chris. We'll go to you. Right. Second silver medal. Who's your pick? Well, I think it. Right. So it for me, 
the surprise one, I think, will be Martin Odegaard. I, I think he will be, after that initial season where he was doing really, really well, but obviously Saka was kind of working, pulling the strings mainly, but then Odegaard was like popping out from like that number 10 role, but he was fighting with Smith-Rowe for it. Whereas I think like by the end of the season, we saw that, you know, that Emil Smith-Rowe wasn't really playing that much. So I think um, Odegaard's just going to be the like centre of all of their attacks. And for 6.5 million, it's an insane snip. When you look at like Ericsson or like Kulisevsky or like all the other ones that are kind of like that eight million, when you can save that one point five and get him before he becomes a player, I think because he's get he's going to be by the end of the season. So um, I think that's that's a real snip. And I think another one that's kind of sorry to cheekily have two, but one that we've not really talked about yet: Kieran Trippier, free kick taker, got corner taker, Newcastle like, and he played like what four games last year something stupid before he got injured so we didn't even really get to see him and he already scored like two free kicks and it was like what the hell is that where did that come from so yeah I think Trips is going to like kick on this year as well yeah I think that's a good shout and I agree with you on Erdogan I think with them bringing in Vieira it feels to me that it's going to be it's going to be a rotation between him and Smith Rowe but Erdogan is going to be the guy that's in there week in week out so I think yeah yeah, I was I was weighing up whether to have one of Vieira or Smith Rowe in the team but I just think they're going to Split the minutes, split the minutes uh, this <laughs> season, uh, which have kind of cancelled out their, their benefits. Also, they, Odegaard to Jesus is just beautiful. Yeah, this is very true. That is gonna, that is gonna be, and they've got Martinelli in there as well, who I think is an underrated player who can kick on again this season. They can have a good side. They can have a good side this year. Six, yeah, and, I uh, Odegaard makes it tick as well. This is my Chelsea. Uh, Spurs, I think, are going to take a step up. Arsenal. Liverpool is still going to be up there. City, scary times. Um, soothe me, Nathan, with your wild card pick. It's going to be a Chelsea player, isn't it? Guaranteed. Let's go. It is not. It's just, you know, like as you were talking, then it occurred to me that the only Chelsea player I've got is Mendy in the net. <laughs> but um, no, my my wild card is Denny's Undav from Brighton. Um, like he's a bit of a bit of an unknown quantity, but he scored 25 goals last season in uh, the Belgian league. Uh, I think Brian signed him in January. They loaned him back, and yeah, I think the way that, the way that Brian play, like they create so many chances, and they've been dying for a, a clinical striker for a couple of years. And I think it would be good for them to get rid of Mopai finally. Um, so yeah, I was thinking that attack, he's gonna he's gonna pop up with a few. I don't think he's gonna be like a like twenty twenty five goal season player in the Prem, but I think if you know if he can come in and score ten twelve goals, you know, keep Brian sort of like that mid-table kind of spot I think could have done well um yeah he's, a, he's he's I think he's 26 as well so he's kind of like just coming into his prime so I think they've yeah I think they've signed him at just the right time and uh he's only 5.5 mil so it's quite a quite a low risk option as well yeah especially in striker that is a snip you barely find anyone less than six mil worth of yeah. salt that could be a proper goth crooks pick that yeah I've, I've had my eye on him like ever since they signed him I've had my eye on him um yeah, I was, I was really curious to see how much it was going to be. And then when, when I saw his 5.5, I was like, he's going to be straight in. So. That's that's a pick. I won't steal it. I'll let you have that. You, you've done your scouting. You deserve the pick. Yeah. Um, I've kind of, yeah, like Chris, I'm going to have an honourable mention for wildcard, but I'm not going to pick Cameron Archer. But I do think he's going to have a breakout season this season. I don't think he's going to have enough games in him to make him a starter for me. But I do think he's going to get maybe 
double figures, not in terms of goals, sadly, but in terms of appearances. Uh, and I think he's a he's a player for the future. Maybe next FPL season he'll be like a starter. But I'm going to pick another Aston Villa player. Chris will be proud to uh, find out. It's Jacob Ramsey. I just think after last season he came on so much. He's, he's clearly learning so much from Stevie G. And I just think with with Bubakar Kamara now in that six role, just anchoring that midfield, it's going to unleash Jacob Ramsey to be even more of an attacking threat. I think he's so good at that kind of Lampard-esque late run into the box. Um, and I think he's just going to like basically take another step in terms of his goal scoring threat. And again, five and a half mil, I mean, it's a snip. Uh, and yeah, I just think he's going to turn into a proper all-round number eight yeah. with FPL threat because of the because of the goal threat. Which is exciting, I imagine, Chris. It is. I mean, to be fair, like you look at our team, and it feels it feels like if it gets if it goes well, it's going to go really well. But it could also spontaneously combust and go horribly horrible, which is is very much what happened in the first half against United at the weekend. But you're not wrong. Jacob Ramsey is such a good player at running at people, which you don't see anymore, really. It's usually just like ticky tacker, like you know, one touch pass and move kind of thing. Ramsey picks the ball from deep, runs, or does like say late runs in the box and gets it square back to him. So I think that's a shout. Uh, my midfielder was Bailey, obviously, just because five million is ridiculous. Yeah, I generally think Villa season could go like completely like either way. Like I think yeah. it's either gonna, you're either going to sneak into that like last uh, sort of Conference League spot, or Europa League spot, or Stevie G will be sat by January. I generally think it could go either way. Honestly, mate, I have no idea. I genuinely have no idea. I think it all depends if 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 he plays names or if he plays the play, players who are playing well. That that's going to be the the key thing. I, I still think he'll back Ramsey though, because like Ramsey's been like a Ramsey's little project, but, but like but but they've invested so heavily as well that like, they brought in some some players that like even like Spurs and United are after. So yeah. he's got he's got no excuses really. Like if he doesn't if they don't perform, then it's, it's people going to be looking at him. I think that's the thing. Does he the centre back? partnership for me is where it's like not to turn this into a villa podcast but like you look at obviously carlos is going to be starting right but then it's who do you play next to him is it conza mings or um chambers and i'm i'm curious to see who you two think i know who i think and i've talked to george about this a lot but i'm curious to see what you think i think like it should be conza but it'll be mings it is the way i think it'll go i think it should be chambers i don't think it should be conza or mings I genuinely don't. Don't know about James. Chambers. Chambers is such a good James. player. Is he though? Ridiculously good player. He's so calm. The thing with Chambers is he's so calm and understated that nobody realises that he has just suddenly pinged a like 40-yard ball or does like an outside-of-the-foot assist or whatever the hell. Like, he's just so calm, which you don't see in a Villa. Like, you, you've watched us play, play against Liverpool, right? Like... Villa are not calm. <laughs> Villa are very no. much panic and hope for the hope for the best. <laughs> so to ha- have that in the centre back, especially next to Carlos, who's going to be just like ram raiding everyone. The, the one thing I will say about playing pro Chambers next to Carlos is that obviously Carlos doesn't know the league very well, so I feel like the experience of Chambers might mm. help. But it'll be means he's left foot. Well, Carlos like, plays in the le- left centre back for Sevilla, right? For like three years. Oh, is he left centre back? Yeah, he was left-sided centre-back. He's right-footed, but he was played as the left-sided centre-back for three years, so he can do it. Oh, Mings will be getting shitty. He's, he's, he's covered left-centre-back role. 
I mean, I'm not gonna lie. As much as I love Tyrone Mings, like he has been rubbish all preseason. So I could, I could, I could do a podcast on how much I hate Tyrone Mings. <laughs> <laughs> but no. yeah, the, the last season really just did a number on me in terms of Tyrone Mings. He was awful, genuinely one of Villa's worst performers, I think. And um, yeah, I mean Lukaku achieved very little in oh. a Chelsea shirt, but. Destroying Ming's career was nearly his greatest achievement. Um, yeah, twice, even when he was in terrible form, he just embarrassed Ming's. Um, but you know, let's let's go on to more positive note. Um, we're going to finish with our signing of the window, the player that we think has been the most, uh, the best value for money for any team, and uh, not necessarily with an FPL focus, just in general, who we think is going to. Um, Proved to be the best bit of business uh, come the end of the season. Um, Chris, we'll we'll start with you for this final round. What do you reckon? I think so. Kind of, kind of go Villa Villa first because that's obviously the transfers I know about. I think everyone's sleeping on Bubakar Kamara. I think because it happened so so early and for free. When like Nathan's saying like you know United were sniffing around him. He's literally what United have been crying out for for years. And he's twenty two. Obviously got his France call up over the summer, like he's going to completely transform that midfield and actually have an anchor for the first time that Villa have been crying out for for so long. So um, I think in terms of obviously Villa getting Kamara on a free, not even that high of a wages, like it's just, it's just crazy. Um, in terms of best value in the Prem, um, I'd say Lingard on a free for Forest, right? Like, that could keep them up. In terms, if you're looking at sheer value, that's 190 million quid if they stay up. So, yeah, you, you stole mine there. So, thanks for that. Yeah, that, that Sorry, uh, Lingard was mine as well. Hey, we're all agreed. Yeah, all agreed on Big Jesse. Absolutely. I mean, it is this. It is this absolute signing of the window. It's ridiculous, especially for who it was as well. If, if you turn around, like in the beginning of the window and you were like, yeah, I reckon he's going to go to Forest. I would have looked at you and gone, you are. Like, he's, like West Ham were tapping him up. Like, loads, like, you could have, could have walked into Everton, Wolves, like, any mid-table side. Crystal Palace, easily, because they needed to replace Gallagher, like, and he's gone to Forest. <laughs> it's just wild. I, I think as well, like, he, he proved at West Ham just like how good he can be when the, the when he's playing for a manager that wants him. That's mm-hmm. like, wants him around. And let's face it, like, with all due respect to Forest, he's going to walk in there and be their best player immediately. So I just think, like, if you throw him into that Forest team, have him be the star man and just let him just sit in that sort of free role behind the attackers in front of the, you know, in front of the holding midfielders and just let him just do his thing. Like, like he might not... I don't think he'll quite maybe hit the levels that he hit for West Ham. But if he can pop up with, I don't know, seven or eight goals, three or four assists, Forest will stay up. And, yeah, as you said, like... On free transfer, it basically means that he's worth hundreds of million if it happens. So it's just, it's just what. And I also find it really weird that the playoff once again has the first chance of staying up. Mm. Yeah, probably. It's, de- it's dead weird with how the championship works. Like last year it was Brentford, then the year before it was like not year before, sorry, before that it was Huddersfield, and you're looking at all those kind of teams, you're like. Why do they stay up, but not the ones who win automatically? Or Norwich and Fulham, like as a routine joke, always yo-yo. Yeah, I, I thought I thought Forest were nailed on to go down until they signed Lingard, and now I think it's I think they'll I think they'll just about stay up now. Maybe like Mate, in sort got, of sixteenth. They've got like Dean Henderson as well in Nets. 
Yeah, that's a good that's, signing. That's a good signing as well. Ridiculous signing. And they've got I can't remember the, his name, but the the striker they've signed from um the Bundesliga, like ridiculous goal record. Brennan Johnson's absolutely sick. Like they've got so many good players. Bonkers. Absolute bonkers. And they're looking at signing Maxwell Cornet from Burnley as well. That'd be a great signing as well. That would be a that great front signing. four would be ridiculous. I, I, I don't know how Burnley got him, let alone if against the Forest. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> how how Burnley got Maxwell Cornet? Ridiculous, ridiculous. Well, I'm gonna bring the podcast to a close uh, before Chris uses any more foul language. Um, don't want to get us taken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to stay clean for the mass audience, but no, yeah, it's nice. We all we all finish with an agreement. That's uh, that's very sweet yeah, and a nice way to end. Um, yeah, big month ahead. Premier League kicking off. Oh, uh, some God. big games straight away. Frank Lampard coming to Chelsea. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting, and we will see in a month's time how we're all doing, how many changes we've made, how many panic <laughs> decisions we've made, and uh, how embarrassed we are. When um, when all of our predictions already are up in flames, but until that glorious time, thank you for joining me, Chris King and Nathan Warby. It's all right, pleasure as always. Um, and I have been George White, your host of Three Guys Talk Football. We hope to not see you, but have you hear us on the next one. Goodbye, football fans. <laughs>